Welcome to this week's Selk Grassroots Podcast, all around the leagues, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Grassroots football is finally back and we're buzzing. Get Down to Play today, the UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Whistler podcast with me, Graham Robert, chairman of the Southern Sunday Football League, and our usual co-host on the Whistler has gone from being the presenter to being this week's special guest, and I'm going to let the chap introduce himself. Who are you, sir? I am Mark Steer. I'm the referees manager of the Southern Sunday Football League, um, and it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much, Mark. So how does it feel um, being on the other side of the fence? Well, it feels a bit weird. I feel better when I'm uh, actually asking the questions. Uh, Well, I was going to say to you, because, you know, we discussed this and um, everybody else has had their turn being on the other side. So um, we thought it was about time that our listeners and people associated with our league and grassroots football got an opportunity to hear from you um, and a little bit about your role and um, what you do for grassroots football. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, very uh, interesting, obviously, the last two interviews that we've done and uh, coming over from that side interviewing to doing it this side, it feels very strange. Um, What can I say? Um, We'll look after you, don't worry, I'll look after you. I'm not going to ask you anything where um, I don't think that you're going to be 100% confident in answering. I'm sure you'll absolutely um, smash the, the questions out the ballpark. I'm sure there's no issue. I know you won't trip me up anymore. <laughs> We're mates. Of course, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. Um, so I guess where to start is to kind of take this right back to the very beginning then and just find a little bit about your your journey, if you like, into kind of grassroots roots football. So where did it all start for you and um, how did you originally get into grassroots football right at the very, very beginning? So from the very beginning, um, I played Sunday football um, for a team called Telesam Rovers and they were uh, a year above me in my age group so I was mainly the sub most of the time so I was the one that was obviously being an assistant referee and um, I actually thought I was quite good at it so my dad said to me who was the assistant manager at the time of that team he went to me you should go and do the referees course yeah and um, what he done he booked me on to a course and he was already a referee at the time, but he obviously needed to redo his badges. So we both done the course in 1993. And I was actually a Surrey ref when I first, oh. when I first uh, was um, affiliated. Um, I was affiliated for seven years uh, with Surrey. And then um, I had to give something up, whereas I was at Chelsea, I was at work doing overtime and the wife said to me well you've got to give something up so I said to her well, you better pack your bags and go and see your mum then no, I didn't really. she said to me, I'm sure that I'm sure that's not true I'm sure <laughs> Mrs Steer I'm sure would uh, counter that argument so what I'd done um, is I had gave up the refereeing um, and then I came back into refereeing just on in- that point though Mark just before you go on when you had to give up refereeing was that a hard was that a hard thing for you to do? I mean, you was mentioning, obviously, you know, you were going to Chelsea and you were going to work and you were doing other things. Did you really want to give up refereeing? Was it was it easy just to walk away at that time? Honestly, yes, because I do like, I, I was going Chelsea home and away 
I stopped basically put going the, to the away games. So I was only going to the home games. So I was at home more often for the weekend. So it gave, it gave Trisha a break because obviously she went back to work as well. So, yeah, but it come to a time in 2011 and she said, I need you out of my hair. So uh, <laughs> I, re- I redone the referee's badge, but I then done it with London because I'm, I was in the area within London. Um, so redone the referee's badge in 2011 and uh, was looking for a league and obviously called yourself. I messaged another league, but they weren't too quick in coming back to me so you was within I think when I emailed I think it was within about a minute I got an email back to say um yeah uh, why don't you come and join the panel of referees when was that Mark how, how long are we talking about how long have you been associated with the Southern Sunday League now 10 years now since 2011 blimey so I came obviously on the panel of referees in 2011 with yourself um you was the ref sec at the time and um I've not looked back since so tell me a little bit about that kind of journey then and kind of looking for a league because it's something which, you know, we hear from clubs and referees and sort of players quite a lot. So you're, you're there and you think, right, I want to join a league as a referee or I want to join a league as a club. There's a lot of information out there. It's a bit of a minefield though, isn't it, on uh, the internet, you know, you're kind of searching around. So what was your sort of thought process um, about what league you were going to go to and how did that all pan out for you? Well, I, was, I, I looked, uh, I looked around, obviously on the internet, and at the time, I believe it was Football Meto that was the big thing. And that I looked around, and I see that where games were within the area where I lived, um, and I see it was the Southern Sunday, and there was another league um, which is obviously gone now. Um, I can't even think of the name. I know it was out towards Chiswick, but it wasn't. It, the the name was really. Was it the Sunday Sportsman's? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, yeah, the Sunday Sportsman and the Southern Sunday. Yeah, because Sunday um, Sportsman's was a big, big league, much bigger than the Southern Sunday in its heyday, much bigger. But I thought, well, well, I message these two leagues and see what happens. And as I said, within like one minute of an email that I sent to Southern Sunday, you came back and you said to me why don't you come and join our panel of referees? Um, coming back from referee, coming back to refereeing from 2000, 2011, obviously there was quite a few changes within laws, um, made a few mistakes, obviously, when I first started, which you probably were told about and saying that you need to <laughs> up the game. The whistle wasn't loud enough. Um, you then took me under your wing in 2011 and then, uh, Gradually, I've built up, hopefully, a quite good portfolio with the Southern Sunday. So just thinking about that journey then, so what advice would you give to, I don't know, maybe a newly qualified referee or referee that's maybe wanting to uh, move from one league to another? Um, what advice have you got for someone in that situation when they're looking for leagues? What, what, what sort of things did you base your decision on when kind of, decided to join the Southern Sunday. I know you said that there was a quick response. Was was there anything else? Um, the league was well run. Um, obviously, you was the ref sec at the time. So being being that you spoke to me about what the league was all about, um, how many officials were on the league at the time. The league was a lot smaller at the time mm-hmm. compared to how it is now. Um, 
now, obviously, I know that I am the ref sec of the league and, and I've seen how it works from your role when you was the ref sec and the information that you can get from other referees. It's, I, I basically think now it's word of mouth and how good, well-run leagues are. Um, I, have a lot of referee, I have a lot of loyal referees on this league that actually they could go elsewhere if they wanted to, but they've stuck by you. And then obviously when I've taken over your role, They've stuck by me. Um, and I think it's word of mouth. The, obviously, if we know that there's there's any problems and that it gets dealt with straight away within our league and our committee. So even looking around on the internet, I know obviously you can see everything now on full time with scores, how many divisions there are in leagues. Yeah, I would, um, I would definitely have a first, if the first impression would be to speak to the, like ref set or referees managers, we call it on our league, speak to the referees manager and get some feedback on them on how the leagues run, how many divisions there are, um, what cup competitions there are, where the games are played and like the, the basically the area that we actually um, cover because we do cover quite a big area compared to when I was on it, it when I first started with you in 2011, I know that the area wasn't as big as what it is now. Yeah. It's massive. So just thinking about that relationship then between sort of referee secretary and the referee, um, it, it's a really crucial relationship, isn't it? And ultimately, you know, the thing doesn't run and we don't get the games covered unless obviously we have the officials in the first place and you've got somebody who is respected and competent essentially to do the, the referee secretary's role. So when you when you kind of came into it um, sort of in 2011, obviously you'd never done anything like that before. What were the what were the main challenges um, when you when you first kind of came into it? Because it's a very, very tricky job. Well, the first challenge is obviously you always ask me, you being the ref set at the time, um, where, where, what location um, can you travel? Well, I, I obviously drove, so I could go anywhere. So I said to you, you can send me anywhere, whatever games you want me to do, I'll do them. Um, at first, I know that when I came back to refereeing, you didn't give me the harder games. You gave me the games to ease me in uh, gently, then gradually within the next season or so, then the harder games started to progress. Um, Just on that point, I think you, you touched on something which is quite interesting there because sometimes do you not feel that there's a little bit of expectation when people kind of join leagues where they may think as referees that they're perhaps kind of a bit above their level or they think that they're better than what they are um, and they don't feel that they should go down and, and referee some of the lower division games just want to get your your view on that really my mindset has changed being a ref set because i see it from the other side like you did when i first came on so you can see with the referees marks on what they get from certain teams um we've got obviously a young ref that oliver came on last year we eased him into it now oliver now we can see how he's progressed and now we give him Prem games because we know that he can handle them games. Um, you can see he was given county, um, a County Cup game the other day, which was two of our Prem teams. So yeah. obviously, if we can see the progress in certain referees, um, then we're going to put them on the big games. But if a referee's not having a, um, a good few games, then I try and drop them down a couple of divisions um, to see if, if there's any problem that way 
other than that, I, I'll have a word with them and see if there's any problems at all, fitness-wise, if they want to take a week off. But touch wood, most of the referees, unless they're not injured, they referee, they referee for us. So it's an interesting point about um, kind of where you appoint referees. So, you know, we've seen in other leagues, essentially what they've done is they give priority to like their Premier Division and then all of their top divisions. And they cover all of those games with referees and they then don't put referees on the lower division games. How is it that you go about doing your appointing and do you follow a similar method or do you do something quite different? Nope. Um, if it's obviously any of the harder games, I'm, I try to put the senior official on there, but you know what? We don't, we don't pick and choose what, uh, all, all of, all of it being the ref set now and coming from seeing from your side before as well. So I've taken that on board is, do you know what? Everyone gets a fair crack of any referee. Yeah. Including I'm a level six, um, you're a level five. Yeah. We both referee the letter, the div 10 games. We both referee prem games, but, being obviously we have had new teams coming onto the league, we both actually referee the newer teams at the moment to see how well they are, to see how they progress, have a chat with them. So, yeah, I mean... What do you mean? You touched on something about um, the tougher games. What do you mean by a tougher game and how do you know that they're going to be tough games? Well, when, when me and you have refereed games, it's certainly in the Prem, we know that the, there's a good few teams or even in the Championship. We know that teams are quite strong and you've got to be a strong ref to handle some of them teams because if if you are if you are a weaker ref and they can get on top of you straight away, we know that the senior ref will definitely be on top of them straight away and won't have no nonsense from any of them teams. So you've got to deal would you with say then, Would you say then from a referee's perspective, because you're on the committee and you're doing that role, do you therefore think that it is a little bit easier when you're refereeing because you essentially know a lot more potentially about those teams or do you think that makes it a bit harder or you don't want to know or you'd rather not know what what's your what's your thinking about that I think obviously being on the league for the 10 years now and being on the committee for the last five um my way of thinking is if that I have done them teams um and yeah I would probably agree with you that the teams that we that we deal with now that are the stronger teams um, that need a probably a strong ref. It's not every week that they need a strong ref. It's just if they're having a bit of banter with each other on what um, on Twitter and things like that, it sometimes can get out of hand if you've not got that strong ref that's needed on that game. And thinking about kind of when you got the job and you came into the league right at the very beginning. How different is the job then to how it is now? Is it very different or if there's lots of things that have stayed the same or there's been changes over the last 10 years? Um, probably um, it's changed quite a bit. Um, players' attitudes have changed a lot, I believe. Up until lockdown, I, don't think, I think it was not too bad. But since lockdown, there's been a lot of changes with players' attitudes. You see, obviously, escalated more with social media. Um, I know there's tackles and that, but when it when it comes to the assaults on referees and that, that that's it's been more flagged up now than it has ever been. 
So that's interesting. I mean, that's, we're going to go on to that a little bit later on in terms of sort of attitude and stuff from, from COVID. Um, but sort of just thinking about the refereeing side of it, um, what are the changes in the referees now compared to 10 years ago? Um, oh, that's quite a... Well, I was just thinking along the lines, I mean, do you think they're fitter? Do you think they're lazier? Do you think they're more enthusiastic? Um, because I think, you know, I've been refereeing 21 years. Some of the referees that I look now, they wouldn't have lasted 21 years ago. Um, they just don't seem, I don't know, they just don't seem to be necessarily, they don't necessarily have the love of the game to win kind of the amount of love that I had for it when I got in. And I'm thinking maybe people are coming into the game for the wrong reasons or for, for different reasons. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll, I would probably agree with you on that. There is, there is quite a few referees that you can see, such as Lawrence being on the podcast. He's obviously stepped up to level three, so his fitness has got to be there. Um there has been more injuries this season with referees than I've ever known. And that's even not being, with not being the ref sec either. Um, when I've touched on the point with you in the last couple of weeks, where we've had about 10 referees that have been injured. And I'm thinking, well, either they're overdoing it um, on the pitch, or there's just, just something wrong with pitches. Um, where they're getting injured, turning their ankle. Um, yeah, I think a lot, a lot has changed in the last in the last ten years. Um, for the better is, or for the worse, do you say? For refereeing wise, worse because there's been a lot more referees that have given up the game. We know that there's a massive ref, referee shortage. Um, the hard work is trying to cover the games. Um, touch wood, so far so good with us because. We've been managed. We've been able to manage to cover all of our games with a, with a qualified ref and, a, and, a, and an appointed ref as well. So if they don't turn up, that's obviously that's the problem that I have to deal with when the ref don't turn up. Just touching on the um, injuries because I think that's a really really interesting point, and and I agree with you. I I don't think I've ever seen so many referees. Um, get injured and it, they don't even seem to be light injuries either they're ones that seem to be keeping them out for not just a week or two weeks but a month or two months um what do you think is behind that do you think it's a question that there are so many available games now like midweek and on a saturday and on a sunday do you think people are just overdoing it a little bit too much i believe because obviously the ref there is a ref shortage i mean a couple of uh, WhatsApp groups and I've seen on one of the WhatsApp groups that some referees could referee three or four times on a Sunday. You can't I mean, do that. I mean, you can't do that. We, we know ourselves doing two games is hard enough. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, I get to the first game. I do the first game fine. I get to half time of the second game. And that's probably about enough. Yeah, I, I would agree. But needs and must to obviously cover games both me and yourself are both doing double games this week because we're short of refs. But that, that's that's the job I signed up for. That's what I've got to do. But I won't do more than two games on a Sunday. No way. No. Um, no, I don't think you're offering, if you do any more than that, you're really not offering the teams any sort of justice. What 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 sort of condition are you presenting yourself to them? Yeah. It's 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 not fair, is it? And you know, that's going to kind of take me on to the next subject, really. And that's about 
um, kind of the current state of refereeing and kind of, you know, we know we get paid £40 at grassroots um, as well in terms of, of a match fee. Um, so, so, yeah, just thinking about that, um, you've mentioned a couple of times about the referee shortage. Um, why, in your opinion, do you think at the moment we have got a massive shortage of referees in the game? And it's not just Sundays, it's all across the board, isn't it? Well, as I, as I touched on, referees abuse... There's not many courses be with the courses being done, and when referees are looking on social media and seeing and getting seeing refs being assaulted, I think that just puts people off. Um, but with the ref shortage, obviously the older refs are getting a lot old, like uh, getting older, and some of them just just can't carry on no more. Do you it's, think it's just about? Because I think it's a bit lazy when people go. There's a referee shortage and it's all because referees are being abused. I, I don't think that is just the case. I think there's all sorts of reasons why people have either not come into refereeing or have left refereeing. And I'm thinking along the lines of, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, we used to have like a FOMOA incentive scheme where the number of games that you used to referee used to log up points and then you used yep. to be able to swap it for a kit and equipment and stuff like that. That all got kind of taken away. I think that, you know, some leagues and referee secretaries are not accommodating to where people then potentially um, travel, forgetting that they've got kind of family commitments or work commitments. Then there's also that other bit around refereeing, as you know, is quite kind of competitive and some referees can fall out with other referees. And that might be another reason why they walk away or they're not properly supported. So I think... I get really frustrated, I think, when I hear people go, oh, yeah, it's a referee shortage, and that's just because it's abused by players and clubs. I think that's a, quite a lazy way of, of looking at it. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I can agree with you as well about the uh, distance and travelling and that. Um, myself and yourself, we know that we both travel anywhere. Uh, we, I, I live close to, obviously, Clapham. And I travel all the way to Chiswick. I travel to Sutton. I, tra I travel anywhere. But when obviously, if I appoint a referee and they obviously complain where they want to be right on their doorstep, it just annoys me sometimes and really frustrates me. Um, so what can you do to work with those people? Because that's the point, isn't it? Is they're almost kind of dancing and playing the tune because you can't afford to lead to lose them they need we need them essentially more than what they need us so because they can go anywhere so, so how do you work that out then with a ref when you say well I'd like you to go there this week and then he, he or she says no I'm not really feeling quite happy about that can you put me somewhere else what do you do do you accommodate it or do you ask them for a favor or, or how do you work that out um Normally, obviously, when I when I do the referees' appointments, I try to accommodate each and everyone's um, preferences. But if if needs a must, then obviously I'll either WhatsApp them or email them and say to them, "I need you to go go here this week because I need cover for such and such game." More often than not, I don't really get any problems with it. But there is obviously the one or two that say, "Oh, well, I can't do that this week." But then something else comes up and it's closer to home. And then I say to him, I go back to him and they say, oh, yeah. So he swings and roundabouts. But more often than not, we try, I try to accommodate um, most of them. So if there is a bit, if there's a tiny little bit of travelling, then most of them do it. But more often than not now, nowadays, 
a lot of us are all driving or we've got our own transport. There's only the odd one or two that are using public transport. How so difficult do you think that is now when sort of driving around with you, Les? Has that affected anything at the moment or are we seem to be okay on that? Not with my... I've, I've only heard of one referee say... Um, I think I thought it was tongue-in-cheek, but I don't know whether he was serious or not. When he said, oh, I'll get the club to pay for the ULES charge, and I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. Wow. Um, I don't think you can do that. But if that was tongue-in-cheek, that was tongue-in-cheek. I don't know whether he was joking or not. Um, <laughs> you never know these days, do you? But, but it's the, the ULES is obviously from this side, from the South Circular towards inside London, so it's not really affecting anyone from the South Circular that way towards Ballam and Tooting and that. But who knows what um, what the government want to do and obviously extend it further out towards that way, then we may have a problem. Well, it'd certainly be interesting to see where that happens. And obviously we've just had COP26 and there's a big <coughs> um, drive to improve our climate and uh, the environment. So it'd be interesting to see what uh, direction that goes in. Um, thinking about different directions and kind of the current situation. So um, what do you think is the current kind of situation and state of kind of football and refereeing at, uh, at the moment? How do you feel about football? I enjoy football, but at the moment, um, teams and club-wise, I think um, some of them need to buck up their ideas with the attitudes towards the officials. Um I know we have the tools there to deal with them and I'd like the referees to try and manage their tools a bit more, a bit more better. Talk to us a little in, bit about that. Just expand on that, what you mean by the tools. Because it seems that sometimes they, you get the officials saying, oh, I've had uh, people uh, screaming at me or uh, shouting at me. So I go back to them and say to them, did you uh, caution them uh, or did you give them a yellow for dissent and simbing them? Nah, with them. You can't complain to me when someone's giving you dissent and you're not using the tools you've been given to sort the players out or the club out. Um, if anyone obviously is abusing you on the touchline, you can uh, caution them or send them off. You, you've got the tools there to do that. And I'd rather them use it a lot more. Going forward, if there was obviously a training course that could be put about that we could help uh, the new referees obviously come on board. I know that once they pass their, um, they're from gaining from level nine to seven um, and they're progressing in their promotion and that. I know some of them do get mentors, but I think that even having a, a bit of online thing like the Zoom, like a Zoom course or something, so we could actually get a bit more training in that situation because some of the some of the newer referees don't even know what the whole game system is so, so i'm just thinking while you were talking um surrey fa at the moment don't have a referee development officer they're out to recruitment and london fa have only just recently appointed someone so there's a bit more for the fa and the county fa's to do that to do there isn't there with that support yeah i mean going back on what you said with the um the FMOA thing where we got the discount thing of kits and things. They could do an incentive like that by doing doing more, like you could do some more games. 
but have that incentive with kit and not with a money-based thing. Have it with, I know uh, London FA used to deal with A&H, but I know, I think um, there's been a problem with stock and that there lately. I know obviously the uh, gentleman that used to own it has just passed away. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that as a shout out. So, um, yeah, God rest in God rest his soul. Um, R.I.P. to yep. Jeff Pettit, who, when you talk about support for referees and people doing stuff for the grassroots football community and for refereeing, I mean, there's your man there. I mean, what what a legend he is in the game, and um, he'll certainly be sorely missed, certainly in London, um, for what he contributed. But yeah, it, it's we almost need more Jeffs, don't we? Yeah, I believe so, because. When I when obviously I first passed, um, and I went for promotion, we went to a couple of the meetings in. I believe I went one of one of our uh, training things was in Kings Cross, and up here up towards uh, North London as well. Um, you done training up there. You you was in a classroom as well. So I think more interaction like that, even doing it on a Zoom, you could do it on an evening on Zoom. Um, and getting more feedback and giving your giving your bit of advice um, to like the the new and upcoming young officials, I think that would create a better thing because you've got a lot of experience. I've got some experience, and the only time we obviously see the new referees is when we're out refereeing. Yeah, I because I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently about kind of my own refereeing and. I don't have the love for it and the, the enthusiasm and passion that I did all them years ago. But there again, you know, I wasn't doing a very responsible, very stressful role that I do in the NHS. And I think I think what you do during the week for work and how stressed you get, you know, does really have an impact on your weekend. But I was just thinking, you know, you're right, your experience, I'm refereeing experience over 20 years. And I think, well, I'd quite like to get out and actually look at some games and do some mentoring and some coaching and supporting refs. But where we've got such a shortage, we're just out there just fighting fires, just refereeing every week. It's it's really hard to use the existing refereeing base in order to do that coaching and development and support because we're all needed to be out there actively refereeing at the moment. Yep, um, I can't disagree with you there. Once I've once once I've got a few more extra people on my panel, then um, I'll give you a week off, Graham. <laughs> so you're talking extra people onto the panel so that comes on to and you mentioned it earlier on that comes on to the the bit about the referee shortage so um how much of a shortage is there at the moment from a southern sunday perspective um in all fairness we do cover our games every week whether it be at 11 o'clock on a saturday night um there is obviously with a few people going away on holiday they close their dates, play people that are injured. Um, Touchwood so far, we've got good coverage on our league. But if more and more injuries occur in that, we could be struggling. And how does that compare to, say, kind of last season? Maybe last season's not a good comparison because we didn't play a full season, but maybe the the kind of the season before when we or the last time we had a full season, how much more difficult is it covering games? It's more difficult now than it was a couple of seasons ago. A lot more difficult. And that's just because of sheer numbers? Yeah, sheer sheer numbers. um, Officials don't want to come back into the game where they started at the start of the season and midway through the season, they just like said, I've had enough. Don't want to do it anymore. 
and then obviously down to the injuries. There, there is quite a few referees that are injured, mm. which um, I am, I am quite shocked by. So thinking about not only bringing new referees into the game, but trying to retain the existing officials we've got, if I could give you an open pot of money and I could say to you, what top three things do you want to do or do you want to offer referees as an incentive or as a sweetener to stay in the game? Where would you, where would you spend your money? On myself, I go away, not a beef for three weeks. <laughs> well, that, well that, <laughs> take that as red. You know, we, that goes without saying. Um, good question. Um, cool, you have done me there. Well, you mentioned, uh, the, you mentioned the incentive scheme. Would you bring something like that back or build on that? Or Yeah, I'd think, I'd like to think that if, if I had the money, like, if, I, if the FA offered you the money to do that, then yes, I, I would bring that back. Um, I remember you used to have to get your book signed every week by the two teams. So you had the interaction there, even though you have the interaction now with the teams at the start of the game, which is much better compared to what it used to be years ago. I mean, you have the interaction with the clubs. Um, probably, I would probably, I'd probably like to get like a train, a, a, like, how can you say, like a little training academy or something for the refs? I know that the, the younger refs that um, are just qualifying now, they end up more often than not at the academy level for the kids to give them a bit of experience. But I think when you qualify now, you should just go straight into adult men's anyway. Um, All the youth wouldn't like you saying that. Well, I'll be honest with you, from what, from what we saw a couple of weeks ago at Clapham Common, when there was a parent doing the game, we are. Uh, I mean, I was I was so shocked. I was yeah. absolutely shocked. Yeah, when we think of abuse to officials at adult football, it is a lot worse. You've got a lot more people in terms of parents and supporters and coaches and managers. You've got a lot more associated with youth. But on the other hand, you know, I've seen some fantastic referees that have progressed from youth football. It's not all bad. I suppose it's like anything, isn't it? It's got a it's got a small element. So we've got. The incentive scheme. We've got yep. the training academy. What else do you think? Where would you, if you were in charge of the refereeing department at the FA, where would you invest your money? I'd actually probably try and get more courses for a lesser amount of money than what it's being offered. That's a great shout. I because think that's a great I shout. Think, I think I think the referees fee at the moment. I know you obviously you've got to look at the um, space and where they're doing the courses and that, but. I think with both, both I've seen London FA and Surrey FA, and what they charge for a referee schools. I know, you, I know that you can say, oh, if you referee four games, you get the money back, but no, I don't. I, I, I think it's too much money. If, if a young ref wants to referee at the moment, then the parents got to put their money, like over a hundred pound plus. I think. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what makes me angry is you see the amount of money at the top awash with the game in the Premier League and then you think we're scooting around poor pitches, poor changing rooms, poor facilities, don't have refs every week. League offices are absolutely running themselves ragged into the ground because the, the volunteer workforce is exhausted and we, we don't get a lot of support. And I think £145 for a referee's course when we're so short, really? Yep. Doesn't make sense, does it? No, no. So I'd probably, I'd probably say, put some money 
probably put put some money like that. So I think that three-point action plan, I think Mark's dear for the FA refereeing department. I think you've got the job, Mark. No, I don't want it. I've got enough doing the referees manager on the Sunday Sunday. Uh, no, but we, we 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 could out of that pot of money, we could pay you um pay you a nice salary out of that money. You up for it? Mm, nah. No, I, I was I tempted you for a second there. I tempted you for a second. So, what is in your mind? What's the future of refereeing in the kind of the short term, medium term, long term? Where is the game headed? Because it it doesn't feel great to me at the moment. Um, I think res- re- respect from. Me, the the respect campaign needs to be um, looked at because there's more and more officials that look like they're going to leave the game where they don't like the way they're being treated. Um, that's like short term. Going through long term, longevity within the game. Um, this is a hard one because I mean. I'm 45, so I'm I'm looking to retire at 46. <laughs> um, fit, fitness wise, try and keep it, try and keeping up fitness wise. I mean, I'd like to referee as long as possible, but if my body says that it can't be done, like like with yourself, um, if you lose the passion of it, you're going to lose referees. Yeah, I just as I say, I I really struggle now to motivate myself when it gets to a Sunday morning and I'm kind of in bed early on a Saturday night. Well, as early as I can, as I can get it. Um, and I just think, you know what, I want, I want a bit of a quiet Sunday. And then within five or 10 minutes, you know, some fool is making some inappropriate comment that you can't referee the game or, you know, they're, they're swearing at you and then shocked when they then get sent off. I mean, it's just dealing with that attitude. It's just, it's quite easy to see why people very quickly walk away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're old pros, we're old veterans. And if we're starting to feel it and our resilience is starting to go down, then if you're a new person into the game, you're not going to like it much, are you? No, they're not going to have much chance. Not good. Um, so in terms of the Southern Sunday and kind of grassroots football, um, where are we kind of at the moment with the season and how's the season going? Well, I think we're doing very well. We've started the season early in August, which was, um, which was a great thing to do. Um, I know obviously both me and you spoke about it a season ago, but we went, we went ahead with it to start the season in August instead of having all the pre-seasons that we had over the last couple of seasons, we saw so many games in pre-season um, before COVID. And we thought, well, the Prem do it. The Prem start their season in August. Why don't we? Yeah, and I saw, um, obviously, because the World Cup being in Qatar, I saw the EFL, I think, announced today that it's their season next year, yeah, right at the end of July, yeah. they're going to start. And there's going to be a whole, I think, month break from the Premier League and the Championship. So that's going to be quite... Um, that's going to be quite interesting next year with the pro football. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think from our perspective, I think we did a good thing this year by starting in August and getting those early games in. And I think um, we've, had, we've had one one weekend where the weather's been pants. <laughs> yeah. And we, um, I think I'm still wet because of that, to be honest. <laughs> Don't say anything about wet. Trish was soaked through. Yeah, I know. It was, um, it was a nightmare. And even... Even with that gold star service, even then, some teams we still couldn't keep them happy, could we? No, no, you you can't keep everyone happy. 
but that's the thing we do. We we go we go above and beyond on this league to try and make everyone happy. But then again, you're not going to make everyone happy with the choices that you do. So just thinking about just wrapping this up now then, Mark. So I'm going to kind of leave the final thought to you, really, which is what would you um, like to kind of say at this point to, to all kind of all the referees out there? You've got any words of words of encouragement or experience that you want to offer them? Um, keep up the good work, what you're doing, uh, going out refereeing, whether it be weekday, Saturdays, Sundays. Um, and if you feel that uh, you're in a bit of a lull, then uh, speak to the uh, referees manager on the league or speak to one of your other officials on the league um, and see if they can uh, get you out of that lull. Obviously, I know that me and you are always chatting. I don't think um, we ever stop chatting. We're always on the phone. Um, I think but, that's really good advice. I think refereeing, I think you're right, I think can be a very lonely, very isolating place sometimes. And, you know, I, I read sad stories on social media all the time that because people are not talking, you know, their mental health struggles. And, um, you know, we, we hear it all the time in the professional game um, about, you know, players coming out saying that they're struggling. But actually... You know, they've got coaches and psychological support and we don't have that. We have to do the, the day job uh, in the day and then at the weekend we want to do a hobby and it's almost become like a day job. But I yeah, think there was, I think there was a tweet that I put out a couple of weeks ago and I think you like you hit the nail on you, like you said I hit the nail on the head. Was that um, be lucky that you've got a rest hashtag be kind. Yeah, yeah. That whole be kind message, um, which was fantastic during the COVID pandemic when we were out on our doorsteps clapping for the NHS staff. Um, that seems like an awful, awful long time ago. Anyway, um, we don't want to end on a negative. So let's try and end on a positive then, Mark. So um, where are you this week? What are you up to this weekend? So this weekend, I've split myself at two different grounds. See, so like RefSec has to go above and beyond this weekend. <laughs> Um, I'm at Rosen, I'm refereeing Rosendale Sports uh, at Brockwall Park on Sunday, the first game. And then I head over to Edward Allen to do Park Life versus Albion on the second game at one o'clock. Um, so it's lucky I've got a car, otherwise I'd have had, I would have had to run to the ground. Now that I would have paid to see. Um, <laughs> anyway, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to interview you. Um, even though this is your own show, it's um, it's a little bit weird. Um, this has been episode three of the Whistler podcast. And until next time, take care and stay safe. Keep it simple. Get down to play today. The UK's leading app for next game availability. Download Down to Play from the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.